is Polyphonic Press, the podcast where two music fans pick a classic album completely at random. Using the patented random album generator, they are given an album to review from a curated list of over 1,000 classic releases, spanning multiple genres. And now onto the show. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke. Hey, welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. And I'm John Van Dyke. And uh, let's not waste any time. We've got the random patented random album generator right in front of us here. So uh, let's hit the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. Uh, and the album we're going to be listening to is The Police Outlandos Damour. Oh, cool. Okay. I think this is their day. De- I'm pretty sure this is their debut album interesting it's not one that comes up that often no everybody always goes to like synchronicity is the big album that they put out but i'm i think there's been a couple hits off this one yeah um okay so the this is what it says on uh allmusic.com uh, while their subsequent chart-topping albums would contain far more ambitious songwriting and musicianship, the Police's 1978 debut album, Atlandos d'Amour, uh, translation, Outlaws of Love, is by far their most direct and straightforward release. Although Sting, Andy Summers, and Stuart Copeland were all superb instruments, superb instrumentalists with jazz backgrounds it was much easier to get a record contract in late late 70s england if you were a punk slash new wave artist so the band decided to mask their instrumental prowess with a set of strong adrenaline charged rock albeit with a reggae tinge some of it may have been simplistic uh, be my girl sally uh, and born in the 50s uh, but Sting was already an, uh, an ace songwriter, as evidenced by all-time classics like "Good Girl Gone Bad" tale of, uh, like the "Good Girl Gone Bad" tale of Roxanne, and a pair of broken-hearted reggae rock ditties, uh, "Can't Stand Losing You" and "So Lonely." But like all other Police albums, the lesser-known album cuts are often highlights themselves. The frenzied rockers "Next to You," "Peanuts," and "Truth Hits Everybody," as well as more exotic fare like the groovy album closer "Masaka." Tanga and the lonesome hole in my life. Outlandos Del Moore is unquestionably one of the finest debuts to come out of the 70s punk slash new wave movement. Sounds like it's going to be a bit of a riot. So that sounds all right. All right. So here we go. The, uh, the album starts off with the song um, next to you. So here we go. All right, so ending side one with peanuts and those horn sounds and the horn sound. I think it might be. I don't know what if it's a horn, if it's a saxophone, or if it's one of those. Um, I think what the the thing with the you blow into the tube and it's got a keyboard on it. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's one of those, which is the melodica. Melodica, yeah. Those. Oh, okay. Um, it, I was wondering if it might have been some sort of like early synthesizer thing because they sound like that sometimes yeah probably i was really wondering but yeah it could have been a saxophone yeah uh yeah this um 
I'm actually familiar. I actually have this album on CD and I'm pretty, uh, you know, I've listened to it a few times and, uh, um, yeah, it's bring bringing back a, a lot of, uh, like I'm sort of remembering what this album actually has on it. Uh, lots of energy and, and, um, it is, it is very punk, but it's, it's the police's version. Yeah. It's not particularly hard. Although I did notice that Andy Summers is playing a lot more, uh, punk ish on this. Although that, uh, slide guitar solo at the, on the first track uh, next to you was pretty sweet. I was actually just reading on Wikipedia and there was an art, they, um, their critical reception at the time uh so rolling stone actually panned the album and said uh tom carson of uh, rolling stone had high praise for the band's technical abilities but was disparaging of their attempt to tackle sophisticated rock and reggae while posturing as punks he also perceived a lack of emotional conviction on the album especially instincts vocals which is weird you know you it's like they're He's complaining that they're too good of musicians to be punk. I think that was uh, not an uncommon gripe from some people at the time. I mean, from punks and everything like that. If you were too good, you were... I mean, you were too good of a musician to be punk. <laughs> and and from everybody who wasn't punk, is this like, well, these guys are too good of musicians to be punk. exactly and but yeah it's sort of like it's it's like not punk to be or it it is punk to be bad at your instrument or to be just just barely capable you know enough to get notes across well you know a tune across i can't remember this was years ago that i heard this but I th- it was an interview with Stuart Copeland, the drummer for the police. And he was talking about how they were touring with, I think it was The Clash. And it was either, oh, it might have been Joe Strummer or um, I can't remember the other guitar player in The Clash's name. Uh, but anyway, he was uh, taught like, like sort of secretly in the corner pulled Andy Summers aside and was trying to get him to show him some things on the guitar. Like he was like, he wanted it to, he was like secretly trying to improve his guitar playing. It sounds like something maybe Joe Strummer would have done because he, he had, he actually had like respect for musicians and, and whatnot. So, but it could have been, yeah, the clash were a little bit, uh, they uh, were as punk as punk as they were. They had a lot more, they had a lot more respect for like the sophistication of some other like musical genres and stuff like that. Whereas like the sex pistols were, well, actually they did too, but they just weren't open about it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, was that, uh, Jonesy, um, he has a, I don't know if you've heard his radio show or clips of it on YouTube, No, but he, uh, um, Steve Jones is his name. And he, um, he's the guitar player for, uh, sex pistols and he has now he has a radio show where he interviews a whole bunch of musicians and he was uh interviewing um steve perry the singer from journey and he was saying like when they were touring around he had to like 
he had to hide his journey albums because he was like he, he was into it but he couldn't it, he couldn't show that he was like into like this sort of soft you know f- sort sort of semi-progressive rock he, he says I had to I mean like everybody was like if you were a punk like your big enemy was supposed to be like Pink Floyd but how many punks actually had like Dark Side of the Moon at home <laughs> Because good music is good music. Right. Yeah, you know, and, you know, the punk bands, like, by the late 70s, they're, like, into their 20s. So they grew up with all the, all the, you know, psychedelic and progressive rock and all that stuff. Well, actually, I was was just going to mention that uh, Andy Summers and I think Stuart Copeland were actually in some of those psychedelic bands back in the late 60s. Yeah, uh, Stuart Copeland was a drummer for a progressive rock band called Curved Air. Yeah, Curved Air, that's right. And uh, I'm trying to think, uh, um, I can't remember the band, but... uh, uh, Andy Summers was in one too. I'm just trying to remember his name, the band's name. Well, he's been in a few bands. He's been in uh, the Police, obviously Dantillion's Chariot. Dantillion's Chariot, that's the one I was, trying, I was trying to think of. But what are the other ones? Uh, the other one is Soft Machine. Oh, was he in the Soft Machine for a little bit? I I know I've heard Stuart Copeland um talk about how uh yeah they had to like sort of cover up they could have had to hide their their past and sort of not let not let on that they knew all these jazz chords and stuff like that (laughs) yeah really yeah and if you're in the soft machine you use a lot of jazz chords yeah so but uh no yeah this album i mean uh, the production on this album i noticed is very dry and which you which is very like different from the the following releases from the police because at least especially on the drums you, you hear a lot of reverb and uh Stuart copeland tuned his uh snare drum up really high but this one is sort of you know in the middle um so it's like a sort of a typical 70s production but then i think on the next album they sort of said okay we want to we want to do something he got that 80s different, polished u- thing unique going, yeah. yeah 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 so it's interesting to hear that sort of yeah, Andy Summers is also like one of the pioneers of that uh, real. Um, what is it? The uh, the chorus on his guitar, which not everybody's a big fan of. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it has its place. It, it works in some places. I, I find. I I think it was what was the song "Hole in My Life." I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, actually, I think that was a phaser he was using on that. But that was a really interesting... I, I thought the time signature was really bizarre in that one, too, which, which I like. I like weird. Yeah, it was different. They were showing their... Uh, getting a little bit of progressive rock in there. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that they, they're they throwing... I think they kind of decided to do almost like the reggae thing specifically because I think they would have gotten too bored doing the standard, like, uh, you know one four five punk sort of other thing so so they kept it interesting by well let's do like uh uh a reggae thing because you know the um the reggae scene was you know pretty popular and you had ska bands start starting up around the same time and so they decided well if we go in that direction we won't we can keep ourselves a little more amused 
Yeah. It's actually interesting because um, I, I, w- I did see an interview with Stuart Copeland and someone asked him like, what, what reggae music do you like? Or, you know, what was, what were the reggae artists that influenced you? And he said, actually there weren't any, it was where that style of, of my drumming came from really was from like his dad was uh, in the CIA and he grew up in uh, Lebanon. And so the influences, uh, I guess the rhythm in, in Lebanese music is very similar to reggae. So that's sort of where he sort of learned that, that rhythm. So it's just happens to be a coincidence that it sounds a lot like reggae. Yeah. Well, especially when you got Stuart Copeland going bank, 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 bank next to it. So, yeah, I mean, it really does get that, uh, um, not necessarily a ska, but definitely a reggae feel to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. I I actually I would put the Police as one of my favorite bands. I mean, they're just you know as far as musicianship goes. Anyway, oh yeah, they're yeah. wonderful musicians, and and I really do like uh, um, Stuart Copeland's drumming because I think he's a, he's a brilliant drummer. They they all are actually really brilliant at their instruments. Sting's a great b- bass player, and people don't talk about how great of a bass player he is, but he's a great bass player. Yeah, I was listening to, and it's like, oh wow, yeah. he's actually doing some interesting stuff. And it, 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 I can't remember what song it was. It might have been "So Lonely," but it's like he was leaving some space. Like he was just playing very sparsely and leaving some space, and um, which is really cool. It really kind of that's how you groove on a bass is you 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 don't play every eighth note you you know you leave some space in there so yeah you gotta have you gotta have something to convey a rhythm i mean you got notes to convey a rhythm but how the notes interplay with the space is how what creates a rhythm so you can be pretty funky if like i mean victor wooten will can be pretty funky and not leave a whole lot of space, but he doesn't do that all the time too. So he, he needs to establish a groove too. And then he can play along with the groove that it's kind of already been established, fill in the space for like as his solo sort of a thing. And then, but, but still that basic groove is established with some space. Yeah, no, it's uh bass, but I just, uh, I'm uh, fascinated by bass players and, they don't get enough credit. No, not really. Anyway, we uh, will move on to the uh, the second side of the album, and it starts with the song uh, "Can't Stand Losing You." So, here we go. All right, ending the album with Masoko Tanga. So there's a jam, I guess, a loose jam, I guess. Yeah, which is probably the most unpunk thing they've done here. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, actually, oddly enough, I could hear a bit of the Clash influence in that one. thought that was sort of interesting just 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 that basic rhythm kind of goes along like and, and i think i sort of alluded to this like the clash were a little bit more open with their um musical influences um 
they may not have said so, but they wore them in their music a lot more openly. They were they weren't afraid to be a little more experimental than say a lot of the punk bands were at the time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, there's if you listen to a Clash album, there's you know, a whole bunch of genres that they're borrowing from and you know, taking from and whether it's rock or blues or you know, R&B, Motown, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they're just whether they're covering a tune or or just like throwing a um you know a bass line in here that's clearly very motown or something like yeah. that yeah um yeah that was a bit of a tangent though but that's all right i mean we're talking about the police here yes um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no the the second half of the of the, the, well, the album as a whole i mean this is I don't know. It's hard to pick a favorite police album, but this is definitely up there. I think it's, it's cool to hear them, you know, at, at their beginning, you know, and sort of hear them when, when they were just starting out and, and just, um, and to see where they would, you know, progress to, uh, yeah, this is a really interesting album. Um, you know, and it's weird, like the the song um, Truth Hits Everybody. Uh, I can see maybe it's the it's the chord progression and the the whoa, that line I, and and then the melody and the and the the the, uh, the playing on it and everything. I can hear like maybe like Green Day or Blink-182 doing that song. Um, like a very pop punk kind of thing, like a skater punk kind of thing. Um, it's funny cause I was sort of think going in the other direction where I could hear like, uh, it's, it sounded to me like, uh, um, uh, uh, the, uh, Naz song to me in some ways, maybe it was partly the bell in there, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, forget all about it. That song's, it sounds a bit like that one to me. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, that's okay. So that's that's kind of cool, actually. That you know, because uh, it's I guess it's just kind of right in the middle there. Then you know, you know, the, and on either side is maybe you know what it was influenced by, and then what it influenced after. You know, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, and then. Um, uh, and then be my girl, Sally. That was the poem about the blow up doll. That was f- pretty, pretty funny. Um, and, um, yeah, I was listening to, uh, I was more listening to the lyrics of born in the fifties. Um, talking, just talking about, and it's sort of like a precursor to, uh, that Billy Joel song. We didn't start the fire of sort of just talking about, you know, someone who's born like in the 40s and 50s and just like the 20th century just or the mid 20th 20th century all the changes that happened and all how crazy it all was and and everything so that thought that was really interesting and said and sort of them saying okay this is what we've been through this is who we are this is what we've seen this is what it was like when we were growing up and now here we are um so i thought that was cool but yeah, no, I uh, I really enjoyed this album. Um, 
the, I mean, the police are one of my favorite bands and, you know, it's, it's cool to hear like, uh, we, well, we didn't really talk about because everybody knows about it, but like Roxanne, I mean, that's, that's been a radio songs pretty much since it came out. And I just think like how, I wonder what it must've been like, like this stuff, like the punk and new wave was just starting to happen and how, like, I've never really experienced a musical shift, you know, like the last big musical shift really was going from like the, the hair metal of the eighties into the grunge era. And there was a bit of a shift in the early two thousands with the sort of the garage rock revival bands. Yeah. But it wasn't as huge of a shift. It was, it was a movement, but it wasn't too much of a shift. It was played on rock radio alongside, you know, Nickelback and whatnot. And, 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 and it sort of slowly transformed into, like, indie rock and stuff like that. There's a bit of a crossover in there. There's some indie rock bands that sound kind of garagey, and there were some garagey bands that kind of sounded very indie. Yeah, so I'm just, like, like, wondering what it must have been like going from, like, these long, like, progressive rock, like, seven, eight, nine-minute songs, you know, albums where like it's one song per side but it's really broken up into chunks and all these concept albums what it must have been like to go from that to all of a sudden hearing short like punchy rock and roll with you know three minutes and you know three chords you know it really depends on who you are i think some people were you know relieved and other people were let down this is like the music used to be so intricate and now it's not whereas other people were like oh my god finally some real rock and roll again so it just really depends on the kind of person you are but yeah to actually be around when that sort of a musical shift happened um to bring it back to this album it's it's really smart of the police to or the guys in the police to really um to recognize that, hey, there's this new musical shift that's happening. You know, the the stuff that we have been playing is probably not going to be around for much longer. We better get on this new musical thing if we really want to, you know, make a career out of this. So, you know, I mean, they were smart to, to do that. But yeah, this this uh, this album, I mean, I, I don't think there's really a, a song that I didn't like on here. Yeah, overall, I think it's a pretty good album. This is a, it's a, uh, I, I can see where um, some people would, would have criticized it for not being as like intricate as some of their other albums and stuff like that. But again, this is probably their, their punk new wave sort of introduced. This is more punk, I think. Whereas some of their later stuff could be a little bit more new wave. But again, they, they did it their own way. Because they had all this other stuff. Yeah, I don't think, other than saying that i i think like once this album is very much a a conscious thing of saying okay we need to sort of be this kind of punk band but i think after they've after this album and all all their other releases i don't think they were necessarily thinking in those terms of the we need to be this kind of thing they were just writing songs the way they write songs and recording them and 
however they ended up sounding is how the band sounds they got themselves established they got themselves a record deal and then they could do what they wanted to do yeah and they stayed around for a while and then they broke up because they they fought a lot i mean there are stories of them beating each other up and especially between sting and Stuart copeland but uh yeah but anyway it's it's uh cool to hear the the beginnings of of all of that um so yeah i guess we will uh, end the show there uh, thank you so much for listening if you made it this far. Uh, you can check us out uh, on polyphonicpress.com. You can drop us a line there. And if you feel inclined and you want to uh, support the show, you can do that at uh, patreon.com slash polyphonicpress. There's lots of cool perks there. You can uh, get early access to these shows and a couple other things there. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm John Van Dyke. Take it easy. Take it easy.